1: tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then.
0: Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast.
1: The ones that they're completely tied in knots about how to explain are actually what I would consider the easiest ones. Like I'm telling you, just say it.
0: Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name is Emma and I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're here to give you all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you excel in your career.
1: Hey little sis and welcome back everyone. Who are we giving a big fat shout out to this week? I think this is a special one. It's very special. We're shouting out
0: Sam who is one of our very first interview Academy alumni. That's right. Sam was one of the first beautiful people to purchase the course, go through it. She had an interview on the Monday. She bought it on the Friday. So she went through it over a long weekend. She had this to say about it. Y'all, it went so well. (laughs) I was very nervous going into it and was beating myself up a bit for not spending enough time in the course's prep. But I'm very, very happy with how the interview went. I felt like my strengths building rapport with interviewers were emphasized even more. I felt so confident with my career story response and felt like I had the examples I needed and the structure I needed to answer everything they asked. I also feel like I got a really good sense for the company and the team I'd be working with and am even more excited about the role. Fingers crossed. Thank you, Sarah and Emma, for putting together all these resources. The course was digestible and easy to get through. I started on Friday afternoon for it to be effective and useful for my Monday afternoon interview. I'm so glad the course launched at the perfect time. It really gave me the structure I needed to prepare for the interview effectively.
1: What good timing. It came out Thursday. So it was like she was straight in. I think we've had some divine timing lately. I
0: replied to (laughs) a girl the other day who said the same thing. She reached out and was like, how did you know that today I was waiting to hear back from the job? It's when we launched that. Listen to this when you're waiting to hear back. She was like, I literally needed this right now. And I'm like, We're out
1: here just answering people's wishes and I love it. And like, think about like the days that we decide which episode's going to go first or which one's going to go out on which day or whatever. And like all of that leads to it lands and it pops up like there's a new episode or you get our newsletter that tells you there's a new episode and you think, oh, that's exactly what I need. It's a little message from the universe. Love from interview boss. Like someone called us before, we're the interview
0: fairy godparents.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. We've talked about
0: that before. Someone called us that and we were like, yes, that's what we are.
1: Oh, it's so good.
0: So if you want to be like Sam, hit up the Interview Academy course. It is available now and it's a game changer.
1: You don't have that same problem of like trying to find a time slot in different time zones, because I'm assuming from her y'all that she's not in Australia. Potentially. And so that made it really hard. It was like you had to get up in the middle of the night or I would potentially have to get up in the middle of the night to do a one-on-one session. But this is even better than that because it's so comprehensive. We would never have been able to cover that many topics in an hour that what you can do, like looking through it over a weekend. So I love that. Our very first success story. There'll be many more alumni
0: success stories to come. Maybe that'll have to be a segment. Now for today's episode... We
1: thought we would talk about talking bad about a previous employer or job. Bad mouthing. Yeah. It's that career wisdom that gets passed down that people really take to heart. And this actually came up in a conversation I was having with someone recently and I wrote it down to be like, oh my gosh, I have to talk about this. This has to be a whole episode on its own because I think people really misunderstand this. Have you heard this before? Yeah, for sure. Like don't go in talking shit
0: about the employer. It makes you look like you're maybe petty or not over it or that you were the
1: problem or yeah, I've definitely heard all those things. Like don't say anything negative about the job. Like it can kind of come through as that kind of advice. As though you've got to make up an entirely different reason that you left. Yeah. Like flip it to a positive of like, oh, but it was a redirection and whatever. And oh no, it's just a good, there's nothing wrong. It's just a good thing. It's just, it's me. It's not them. I don't know. Like for the most part, it's pretty decent advice of like, don't say horrible things about your previous boss. Don't go on and on about all the problems at the company. That's where I think it comes from, because occasionally you do get someone who you can tell is like maybe a bit hurt, like it's a bit raw and they do talk a bit too much about it. And you really do get that sense of they are very negative, very bitter. And I don't want to hear it. Like I'm not your therapist in an interview. So I get it's coming from the right place, this advice, but it's too sticky for people. And they've got it like echoing in their head when they are prepping to explain why they're leaving. And they take it way, 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 way too far. So Em, um, what does it really mean when we say don't bad mouth? your previous employer or your previous boss?
0: Don't be a dick. (laughs) Don't go absolutely overboard in, you know, really harping on about it. Don't blame everyone else. Like, oh, you know, I was doing a really good job, but everyone else was
1: impossible to work with. Well, I didn't meet my targets, but it's because they did blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, you know, excuses I think is not a great look.
0: Don't inflate things. Like, you know, the whole team was renowned for doing this, but maybe it was just one annoying manager. And giving examples, like saying that and then going, Like just last week, the manager came in and did this and blah, blah, blah. Like that's getting into too much detail.
1: So what might this sound like if you were going over the top? I want you to do like like a bad version for everyone.
0: Well, I just had to leave. It was just awful. There was a micromanager. No one would listen to me when I tried to voice my concerns. I was totally shut down all the time. Last week, she sent a really threatening email. Um, No one in the team was coping. It was so stressful. I was going home and having nightmares. I can't stand that place. Things weren't properly handled. It was awful. And I really just can't wait to, you know, start fresh.
1: Yeah. Like, it's so funny hearing you say that. It's like I had more things come to mind of what isn't great about that. It's the really raw emotion that's coming through. It's like, it's still very fresh and it's like you're kind of venting almost or like dumping out. You haven't processed it. I was talking fast. I was getting worked up. Yeah. And also you can see how... You're kind of over-explaining as well. It's almost like you're trying really hard to convince me that it really was like that. And I hear this a lot when people say, oh, and everybody else is leaving too. Like there's, there's so many resignations. It's like you're trying to convince me that your opinion is right.
0: I think too, because a lot of the time if someone leaves a bad workplace, often it can be after a short amount of time because it's really awful. And so the trifecta is people are stressed that it's going to stay on their resume only two or three months with the company. So they want to get on the front foot and explain like, hey, this is why it was really awful, but they don't want it to sound like, you know, they did something wrong. So they're trying to, like you said, over justify how awful it really was so that it doesn't look bad. But that can make you seem almost more, you know, digging yourself in a hole, like you're trying to hide something. Yeah. Like, I swear it was them. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of like if you, I love the dating example. And you always roll your eyes. I can hear you rolling your eyes right now. But imagine you went on a date with someone or you met someone and they just couldn't stop talking about how terrible their ex was. Is that not like a bit of a red flag of like, yeah, but what do you do in all of this? Like they just keep dishing out examples. So
0: true. But if you were on a date, having a genuine conversation about past relationships, it would sound so healthy if the person was like, yeah, you know, we were together for a couple of years and, you know, there was a bit of a trust problem there or, you know, they had a bit of problems with self-control and, and you know, so we split. Like you wouldn't get an ick about that. You'd be like, oh, good. They've told me they've let me in and I can get a sense of it, but they aren't still losing sleep over it
1: but it's also true. You haven't just said, oh, we were just different people or some euphemism that doesn't give you any information. You've given a little bit of info there to be like, there were trust issues and self-control issues. And it's like, okay, I can kind of understand where you're going with this. But here's the thing with this episode. I actually think that our listeners are not doing this over-exaggerating bad-mouthing the company. I'd be willing to go out of a limb and say that's probably even none of our listeners are doing this. Yeah, I agree. It's actually the opposite that's the problem that I want you to consider. When people say don't badmouth the company, what they don't mean is, oh, you have to cover it up, that you're not allowed to tell the truth, that you're not allowed to say a single bad thing. Imagine if the person on the date was like, oh, my ex was lovely, just didn't work out. You'd be like, well... If so, they're so lovely, why didn't it work out? That's what it makes you think. If you gloss over it, it makes you think, well, what am I missing? Like, why aren't you still there if everything was so great? Also,
0: we are not covering for piece of shit companies that treated you awful. Why are you going to take the rap and internalize that and, and try and package it up nicely and defend them? Like, you owe them nothing anymore. You're out of there totally You're free. Say it how it is in a nice
1: way. And like people tend to do this completely glossing over everything to the point that it's unrecognizable. Like you haven't even mentioned that there were any issues whatsoever. You've come with something super generic like, oh, I'm just, I'm looking for more of a challenge or, oh, I was ready for the next step. Meanwhile, in reality, you were bullied out of there, and the company laid off everyone at short notice. And you took on all their roles, and your manager left. And you're like, don't gloss it. It feels very disingenuous. And I also had written down here: you're not Pollyanna when you come to an interview. Do you understand that reference, or is that too niche? No. Here is
0: I remember when we were growing up um, we would call it a Pollyanna if you wanted a certain kind of hairstyle, which was a half half up, half down. Mum would say like, how do you want your hair? In a Pollyanna? A Pollyanna. And so to me, a Pollyanna is the half up, half down hairdo, but I had never seen it or connected that it's a, is it a
1: movie? Well, Polly, yeah, it is. And, and she, throughout the movie, she has this little saying, um, where she goes, I'm glad about that. And it's about like, ridiculous things of like my dog I can't even remember the movie but like my dog ran away but I got to go on a walk I'm glad about that and you're like oh (laughs) like oh is she like toxic positive yes like she's glad about everything and it's just so fake and that's the kind of Pollyanna of like she's always so happy about everything it's a cute movie don't get me wrong but like there is an element of like Pollyanna like your life's tough it's okay
0: <laughs> they they locked me in a freezer at work and said i had to sleep overnight unless i got all my work done but it's fine i was happy to do that no but stress it's fine
1: i just you know want a different Workplace, it was a difference of opinion, <laughs> different values. Yeah,
0: that's definitely what our listeners are doing because this comes through in our DMs so often. They'll be like, "It was really awful. The manager sucked," but I don't want to say the wrong thing. Like, how can I, you know, make them know it's not me, but without saying
1: anything bad? Like, they're so stressed. The DM always says, "Well, this happened, and then I thought that I was going to be working for this manager, but then they left, and then this happened, and whatever, and then so how do I explain that?" And I'm like well, you just explained it to me. It sounds fine. Like (laughs) say it that way. Say it exactly how you've explained it. Like, again, you're not looking to exaggerate and harp on and give all these details and be really fiery and emotional about it, but talk about some of the facts. We're going to get into some of those, like how to do this in a second, but why is the glossing over it not working for you? What's the impact of actually doing that? You might be interested, like, why can't I just gloss over it? What's so wrong about that? they don't need to know. Well, it sounds fake and it doesn't teach the person who's interviewing you anything about your motivations and what you like and don't like. And that's one of the key things they're trying to get to know about why you left your previous role. Oh, there's not enough growth. Cool. This person wants growth. That's something I need to know about them. And that might be a big tick of like, great, this person wants to grow with us and wants to learn things. Like they want to know these things about you of like what kind of environments you thrive in. Let's say you left because. The commute was too long, uh, pretty relevant if they're going to suddenly start moving you all around and you don't like commuting. Like, they need to know these things to understand you a little bit better. That's
0: such a good reason. I wish that that could be a reason for me. I feel like it would be so elite to say, Yeah, I'm just looking for a new job because my commute's getting rough. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) people do that all
0: the time. It's so irrelevant. Like, it's so, do you know what I mean? It's just a weird, it's a valid
1: third reason, like, neutral reason. And what kind of sucks about this is that like, it's a common reason. People say that all the time. Oh, look, there's this thing, but also like I'm commuting an hour and a half. And it's like, everyone just hears that and goes, oh, fair enough. Like, yeah, of course. But the thing is, is that then people try and say when they're applying for jobs and they're just looking for kind of anything or whatever. Oh, it's fine. I'm happy to commute. And you're like, I can just hear you six months from now. Talking to another employer about how much you hate the drive. Like, that's why you get that location discrimination because people hear this so often in interviews of like, oh, the commute sucks.
0: It's like when your mum uses your age against you in both ways. Like when you're 16, she's like, you're only 16 years old. You're not going to that party for God's sake. And then the next week, you're 16 years old. You can take yourself and clean up after yourself. It's like, what is
1: it? Which one? (laughs) Well, and yeah, it's like the commute can work for you in saying it's a good excuse to tell someone you're getting out of there, but it can also work against you in the job you're trying to apply for with the long commute is not going to believe you. It's hard. That's why we talk about location discrimination.
0: It doesn't let them have insight into your life. It doesn't help anyone. And like I said, use the more cynical reason of like, why would you want to protect that shitty company? Why are we protecting them? They don't deserve
1: that. They deserve bombs to be dropped. No, not really. But like, you know what I mean? And also like on that note, sometimes it's like they're in the industry. They might have already heard terrible things about that place. They might be just like furiously nodding along Yeah. as you are saying, well, you know, the values of that company didn't really align and blah, blah, blah. They might be like, "Mm, I've heard. Mm, Yeah, girl, I get it. And it would kind of be weird if they had heard bad things, but you were glossing over it. It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. The other big thing is it's not going to fit with the rest of your reality. We talk about this a lot in like you're bending over backwards. You've got an elephant in the room in your career story, like you're glossing over something and then you can't explain why you don't want to give your bosses a reference, for example, because they were horrible to you and you didn't get along or your real boss left and your other one was only there for a month or something. You can't explain that if you haven't given that context. And if you're trying to say, oh, everything's fine. No, I'm, I'm happy there. I just want more of a challenger. I just want this or whatever. It's like, there's nothing wrong. I'm just looking for something new in my new job, except that you've quit your job with not another one already lined up. Like, oh, those two things are telling a bit of a different story. And maybe they're not, maybe that is your truth, but it's going to make you turn yourself in knots. It makes life easier to just give a little bit of the truth. So on to the tips. How do we do this? First, I want you to have a think about what you're trying to say. And this is the thing of like when people slide into our DMs, they explain the story very well. So like, I know that you know how to explain this because you're telling your friends and your mom and people in your life why you're leaving there. But there might be like 10 different things. Oh, and this and this and that. Narrow it down to like the main thing, if you can. I think that really helps to pick Well, if I really think about it, it's mostly the workload or it's mostly that my manager doesn't trust me and I don't get exposure to these things. You know what I mean? Like, what is the one thing that you're kind of narrowing it down to? What's the
0: one that makes you the most miserable? Yeah. If everything else was... Cherry on top. Like, of course, they would be rude like that. But the main thing,
1: think about that. So, for example, they might be, it's your boss is a micromanager. The company encouraged you to push sales and that wasn't the way that you like to do things. Maybe the hours they expected were too long. Maybe you had no support. You had to do multiple people's jobs. There was no progression. The role wasn't what you were promised. Like there's all these different things that might be kind of really going on. And then say that in your interview. So now let's give some examples because people are probably like, what do you mean I can say that? That feels illegal. Okay. Give
0: me an example for if your boss was the biggest micromanager ever, was always over your shoulder and it was driving you insane.
1: Okay. And how long have I been at the company? A little while? Yeah. A year. Yeah. Okay. So I might say something like, look, in that role, I was able to get exposure to working with much larger clients, which I really appreciated. But ultimately, the manager and their style was really, really structured. And I was really closely managed in that role, which is not the way I prefer to work. I prefer to have a lot more freedom and check in on a weekly or kind of fortnightly basis when I need help. So I'm really looking for a role that's going to allow me to do that and to grow and take ownership of my own stuff in the future.
0: Wow, you don't sound bitter at all. That was great. But also, do you feel like you got the truth? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's the goal, right? Of like, I'm not pretending, I'm not glossing over it, we're not using buzzwords, we are telling the truth just in like a neutral Kind of way, if that makes sense.
0: What about if there was a culture of just work to the bone? So, like your boss calls you at five AM. It was meant to be your work from home day, but then she's calling you with five minutes' notice, saying, "Get in the office!" Like, you know, there's a massive thing, and I need like urgency culture. Emailing at um, midnight saying, "Hey, I need this project back!" Like an around-the-clock kind of expectancy. That's not lawful. Like it's not in your contract that you need to be. On shift or something.
1: Yeah, sure. So in this role, I had a lot of responsibility and I actually had quite a lot of freedom to really look after things my way, which I really appreciated. But ultimately the culture was one of a real lack of boundaries and a real urgency. of things would pop up in the middle of the night on weekends, I'd take leave and then would have to actually change plans to come into the office. And my life outside of work is really important to me. And it just became something I wasn't able to manage together. So I'm looking for a job that I'm going to be able to have flexibility both ways on. Woo. Okay. That was incredible. That one actually wasn't my favourite. I could do better if I prepped it a little bit. But that's just completely off the top of my head. And I'm hoping you can hear how I'm giving details. I'm not harping on. I don't sound emotional. But I'm able to tell the truth. And even that one probably felt more uncomfortable than the macro manager one because it was about hours. And I think people struggle with that because it's like... Because they
0: don't want it to sound like, I won't go above and beyond ever. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so you can even throw that in there if you want. Like if I rewrote that, I might add in like... Um, look in all of my roles, I've always been happy to stay to do a deadline and to pick up things when they're urgent, but it just became that that was happening every day. and every time I needed to be out for a personal commitment, I wasn't able to fulfill that, and I had to come back in. Like try and give some examples of here's what I am okay with. here's where it went where that it crossed the line. Yeah, yeah,
0: what about if you had taken a new role, promised lots of like training and mentoring, you get in there they abandon you, you have no idea what you're doing and you regularly get reprimanded for like, this was missed, where's this? But you've never been shown or yeah, you're just thrown in the deep end.
1: Yeah. So when I was interviewing for this role, I was really excited about the potential to work with X, whatever that is. But after I started, one of the colleagues in the team who was going to train me had actually already left. So I was really thrown in the deep end and had to really work things out on my own with not a lot of training. So I was able to reach out to lots of colleagues and get help as much as I could. And I was able to learn quite a lot, but Ultimately, things kept being added onto my plate and I, there was no way for me to get any support or learn how to do stuff. And I felt like that wasn't actually going to change in the future. So I'm looking for a role where I can have the support that I need to learn the role in the first few months.
0: Amazing. I like that. What about I'm getting the vibes. It's a dicey, hairy time for the company. They've started laying people off, handing out redundancy packages. Maybe I'm in like a volatile funding type industry and I'm fleeing the nest before anything bad happens.
1: So I've had a really great couple of years in this company and I've been able to grow and I've been promoted and have achieved a lot of really great things. But with the changing economic circumstances, there's been a couple of rounds of layoffs and there's plenty of rumours flying around that there's going to be more to come. So unfortunately, I've decided that it's the right time for me to start looking for my next step. I think that's the
0: best one because it's so like valid. You, you're seeing the chaos around you. You're on the
1: front foot. It's got nothing to do with you. You have no personal grievances. And you're kind of like, I'm not going to sit around waiting to be next kind of thing. Funnily enough, like I know you say, oh, that one's really easy. People struggle with these so much. No, I know. I want to keep doing more because
0: I know people are going to be like kissing our feet for doing these because <laughs> it's so nice to just hear it
1: and get an idea. Sometimes that people, the ones that they're completely tied in knots about how to explain are actually what I would consider the easiest ones. Like, I'm telling you, just say it. And I want to have another like little side note here. I've had a couple of people say, yeah, but my boyfriend said that I shouldn't say that and I should just pretend that I'm looking for a new career. Right. Well, here's my thing. If your partner is saying you shouldn't say anything bad at all, you shouldn't tell the truth, they're only allowed to tell you that and you're only allowed to listen if they literally work for that company and they know for sure that that's not going to go down well.
0: Right. As if the person doing the interview has a personal grievance for anyone that remotely says anything bad about a company. Otherwise, ignore.
1: Or if they're a recruiter who has as much or more experience than me, or there's some other specific thing. If they just are generally saying that, please don't listen to them. Please listen to us instead.
0: What about for something that feels a bit more hairy, where like it wasn't something bad, like day to day you liked your job, but like, I don't know, what if you want to go on maternity leave or and they don't have good policies in
1: place or like something more about just the systems or structures that be? I think I'd go with like, it's a values alignment by the sounds of it. I wouldn't mention I want to go on parental leave because like, that's a whole other kettle of fish. That's a whole other episode. But... I might say something like, you know, here's things that I've liked about the role and then say, okay, here's the part that I don't really agree with. As I've spent more time in the role, there's been some decisions made about the future of the company and how things are communicated that just haven't sat super well with me. Nothing's really overly concerning, but I've just found it hard to really be as engaged and as aligned with the company than I previously used to. And so I think it's time that I look for something else. Nice, because you can kind of maybe it's like oh things are changing and you nobody ever gets told or it's like those kinds of things that you're deciding is the next thing. You can also make it about your job too, of like hey these tasks that I have to do every day is just not my favorite and I'm kind of sick of doing them. I want to have a role that I spend more time on this instead of this. Like you can say that it helps it link to as well. It's a nice segue into and the reason I liked this job was because you have those things.
0: So, moral of the story, tell the truth and don't harp on about it. Say it in a calm, you know, collected manner. I think where the advice comes from of don't talk bad about them is the first example we gave where we're talking fast, we sound like we're still hung up on it, we're going into too much detail, but don't shy away from saying the real deal. It means that your interviewer will miss out on vital information You are protecting a shitty company,
1: which no one has time for. And you're making it harder for yourself. You have our official written permission to badmouth the company, as long as it's true. Within reason. Yeah, I know, but this whole episode is within reason. You have our permission. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify, or better yet, tell someone else about the show. That's how we can hit the charts and help even more people. For more advice, inspiration, and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss and give us a follow while you're there.